0: Welcome to another episode of Bible Conversations. Today, we are welcoming a special guest, Spencer Ross, as we talk about going into all the world. All right, Spencer, do you want to go ahead and uh, introduce
1: yourself to all of our listeners? I'd be happy to. Uh, Spencer here, second time in the podcast in the last three and a half years. I yeah. love Bible conversations and such a, a good thing that you offer to uh, the Lord's Church uh, here and uh, in reality anywhere in the world. And uh, that's what I'm talking about. I'm all about uh, just the church and the global aspect of the church. I love uh, how connected we are. I love that uh, we're part of the same uh, body. We have the same head, that being Jesus, and we're members of the same uh, united body around the world. Uh, a disciple, uh, father of one, two, three, four, uh, been married, <laughs> going on fifteen years already. It's crazy. Uh, and and I love the uh, being meeting here at the Keller uh, Church of Christ building. I know this is a, a special place to us, and we're eager to be in the summer series to close out a, a great series. An
0: all about go. Yeah, right? yeah we're, we're looking <laughs> yeah. forward for you to, to wrap up our summer series tonight. Um, we've had a, a lot of good lessons about just that theme of go, that idea that, that we have to be going. We, we have to be, be, uh, doing engaged. something and, and engaged with that. And we've had a lot of speakers take different angles on that word go. Yeah. And, uh, and it's been really, really good. But I think it's just helped the membership here to realize that I don't get to just sit on my hands i don't get to just come and, and punch the clock and and check the box and just sit in my pew uh yeah. there's a job for
2: everybody so yeah. we're looking forward to you kind of finishing that that yeah. series for us tonight and your, your topic is going to all the world and you know, maybe I should have chosen someone who actually travels across the world. I don't, I don't know if you've ever been anywhere other <laughs> okay. than Texas Spencer, but, um, but no, I mean, you, you literally, that's part of your job is you travel across the world. And I think every month you're in a different, it seems like I get on Facebook and it's like you're traveling here and you're traveling there and you're traveling. And it just is, it's, it's amazing that everywhere you go, the Lord's church is there and everywhere you go, there are opportunities to teach to different people about God's word. Yes,
1: absolutely. I uh, Some people think I'm crazy. I say one day I literally want to go to all 195 uh, countries there are. Including there are a few territories.
2: North Korea? I've
1: looked into all of it, actually. Uh, I'm going to talk about it tonight. Our passport gets us into 186 different wow. uh, countries. And those difficult places like North Korea, you can't technically do a tour, go through a tour group. And and right now we could go on that decentralized militarized uh, yeah. area and
2: step foot into North Korea. Yeah, but you can also get, there are a couple of people who have done that and have been correct. You know, yes. <laughs> detained. But um,
1: I also, I, I'm going to speak on this, especially during the lesson this evening, but the idea that uh all people are people just like you and me, mm-hmm. they are mm-hmm. souls, they are individuals. Uh, I, my mind has really been open up to this. Uh, a few months ago, I went to Pakistan and that was a really, uh, that was tough because I didn't get a lot of support. I got a lot of kind of pushback. I got very little uh encouragement to go there. Hmm. And I, I kept, I was bothered by that because I, I know I have a family I need to take care of. I'm a balanced sense of fear. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, wow, they, they, this is serious too. They have, this is an Islamic state. Uh, there are actual laws uh, against blaspheming against the prophet. There's very serious things there that yeah. I had to be aware of. And I don't recommend just anybody go do mission work in the Middle East. But when I look at all people in any country, any place, they're creating the image of God, just like you and me. Yep. A place like Pakistan is the fifth most populated country in the entire world, wow. and only 3% are non-Muslim in that entire place. Yeah. And that includes Christian and Sikh. And But believe it or not, the Lord's Church is there. Uh, we were working with about 40 different preachers. Uh, the congregation had over 120 people at worship. Wow. Uh, so there's still things happening there that we don't know about. Yeah. Um, but I, I see every soul as an opportunity, and uh, I know they're difficult fields. Um, but I hope to actually, in our conversation today, that have more of an optimistic outlook towards missions, especially in the places where it's difficult.
2: Yeah. yeah. One of the things that I've heard about North Korea, I don't know that I'm going to be kicking off the optimism yet, but um, <laughs> it's okay. but we will get there. Um, but one of the things I've heard about North Korea specifically, there's a, a woman who escaped from North Korea. Uh, and, and she has written a couple of books now, and she talks about what it was like in North Korea. And uh, one of the things that she says is that they have actually perverted the religion of Christianity, mm-hmm. that Kim Jong-un is essentially Jesus Christ oh, in right. the eyes of the people. And so the reason that they do that is they they teach them that he is the savior. Mm-hmm. He is the, the the person who has brought them up out of whatever, and, and he is protecting them, and he is keeping them, and he is holding them safe. And so they worship Kim Jong-un because he is their savior. And so they don't allow the Bible. They don't allow any of that in there because if the Bible gets in, well, then all of those lies start to fall down. Mm -hmm. And so the reason that it is so difficult to be in North Korea is because the government absolutely does not allow anybody to come in and teach anything that made, destabilize what they have mm-hmm. set up. And and so listening to this lady is really, really interesting. Uh, the, the primary thing she says is that if North Korea is ever going to be free, they have to start with China. Mm-hmm. China is the one that is, the People's Republic of China, that communist nation is the one that is allowing North Korea to do what it does. And so the gateway to North Korea is actually through China, which is a really interesting way to think about doing mission work at this point, Mm -hmm. right? Because China is a lot more open and a lot more, here comes the positive side, a lot more, um, you can enter it a lot easier. You can talk about Jesus a lot easier. Still not necessarily easy, Mm -hmm. but it is possible. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, you know, if if there can be a huge impact made in the most populated place in the world, then we can reach some of those smaller countries that are even more difficult. So,
1: Anyway. Yeah, those, those are tremendous thoughts there. I have never actually have looked too much into North Korea. I've looked into difficult fields, yeah. and I think there's a couple themes there that really stick out of what you're saying. The answer is what we're doing right now. It, it is the uh, technology is what's mm-hmm. making this actually possible to reach people. They're not going to be able to censor this long term. Uh, in the end, the word will win, the kingdom of God will spread, and people are— if anything, will be more hungry there once they have the opportunity to get to hear the scriptures. Um, But people like China, it's it's tech central there. They're getting access to the word. The word of God is spreading. The seed is spreading and it is being watered and it will grow. That's just the nature of of how God's church works. And so I'm more and more convinced that as uh, technology expands, the world becomes smaller, we can and give people the opportunity to hear Uh, in search for the gospel yeah and it's with north korea for instance i I think about any culture that you're doing mission work in it's important to understand that like i didn't know that about north korea yeah but if i'm going to north korea somehow in the future i need to know the mentality the mentality is okay these people think he's the he's like jesus well how can then I start with that uh, that mentality and then, uh, ch- you know, introduce to them the
0: real Jesus? Yeah, uh, it's kind of like becoming all things to all people. Absolutely. Uh, meeting people where they're at. And sure. um, can you talk more about uh, when you did that in Pakistan? Absolutely. Um, because yeah. you, you were telling me about this before, and <laughs> I just think it's fascinating because, like you said, you, you can't speak against their prophet Muhammad. Mm-hmm. So how do you talk about Jesus while avoiding, you know, something that would get you killed or imprisoned. Yeah, absolutely.
1: It's it's critical. I remember I was reading all the legal codes. I wanted to understand uh, what I was not supposed to do while understanding I still need to preach Jesus Christ and him crucified. Yeah. And I talked to, basically, we're interviewing some of the preachers there and asking them, what how do you do this? What's your process? And, and how do you not contradict your faith, but yet respect the laws of the land? Mm-hmm. And so, yes, I can't publicly get up and and condemn Muhammad. But what they're allowed to do is they can preach the Bible, people of the book. The yeah. Quran talks about Isa, about Jesus, about the angel, the gospel. They just believe it was corrupted over six centuries. Hmm. And so they think that we're foolish to follow that and believe that Jesus is deity or a prophet. But you can preach Jesus all day long. And so by me saying I believe Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, no man goes to the Father through him, I'm teaching the truth. Yeah. And I'm ex- obviously implying that I don't believe there's another way to get to him without actually having to say that. Yeah, okay. It's like with denominationalism. I don't necessarily have to go and con- condemn every single individual practice. I can't just teach the church and teach the message and teach the scripture and the structure. Yeah. So wisely knowing what to say in public especially. And I know there in private conversions, the average conversion uh, with the studies I've looked at is about two years. It takes about two years. Wow for somebody to convert out of Islam into Christianity. And that's because of the methodical process of getting trusting people, getting to know people, getting them to open up private meetings, uh, getting them to read the scriptures. And I'm telling you, I just did this massive research uh, project on uh, evangelism with uh, Muslims uh, from Muslim-majority contexts, meaning areas like Pakistan, the second most populated country. And the conclusion is so simple. You know what the conclusion is? With all the academic research, people who are introduced to the Word of God and then they read it for themselves can be convicted. Those are the people that lead to conversions. Hmm. The people who convert are those who had an ability to study the Scriptures for themselves, literally, study the Scriptures. Hmm. There's a there's a book out there called the uh, the uh, the camel uh, the, the camel and it's a, it's called the camel method and basically it was these this guy who did a lot of missionary work it was with the Baptist Church but he basically would start with the Quran and show them all the passages about Jesus in the Quran which speak favorably mm-hmm. and it even talks about the angel, which is the Aramaic word for gospel yeah. it, it points people to light and he says. Now, would you like to study the gospel with me? And so he he grasped their attention by using the Quran. It talks about Jesus. What do you know about Jesus? Then he gets them into the actual scriptures. Yeah. And then the the word speaks to you. That's where the conviction is. Yeah. And then obviously the arguments in their court to say, well, show me how it was really corrupted after 600 years. Yeah. Show me. Show me how the Bible is really corrupted. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's a whole lot well, of stuff to say there. No, I,
0: and what it makes me think of, honestly, is uh, stuff like what EEM is doing in um, yes. uh, Ukraine and other parts in, in Eastern Europe, where those e- countries Eastern European missions, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Just just for those that yeah may sorry, not <laughs> do, <or laughs> speak um, acronyms. But uh, some of the things that they're doing with Ukraine and other countries in Eastern mm-hmm. Europe, where those countries are actually asking for the Bible now where they're wanting to, mm-hmm. to receive more of that, um, because they did have the opportunity to open it up and study it for themselves. And now they're saying this actually is, is improving our way of life. Wow. When okay. our kids are able to, to read the Bible, then we see better kids what we see in improvement. Shocking, right? yeah it, it's like no way who would have thought um but would, that's kind I of. I would have thought that yeah <laughs> um but that's kind of what it makes me think of is when people have the opportunity to read the Bible for themselves that's where conversion takes place yeah so
2: it's it's so important to be able to study and come to that conclusion on our own so hmm. you know you guys are aware I, I was not a Christian until I was 20, 21 and somebody recently asked me well what what made you decide that this is true? Well, it's logical. Everything in the scriptures is logical. It makes sense. It flows. It follows. And I think when people can read it and see that for themselves, when it's not just an emotional thing. Certainly, there has to be emotion tied to it, right? But mm-hmm. but when it's not just an emotional appeal, like you were talking about earlier this morning uh, with with an individual, you know, it's, it's too much emotion. We got it. Let's study. Let's figure out what what the what the real yeah. root is. Well, when you merge the two, and and you see that hey, it does make sense, and I, I'm convicted, right? And yeah. It's it's pricking my heart. Yeah. You know? Well, then that's when we take action, right? That's when we we make the decision, and and so I I think using the Quran to start with is is beautiful. I I had a Bible study with a a Muslim uh, boy who's seventeen, eighteen years old a couple of years ago. And we opened up the Quran and went to a passage. I don't, I really wish I remember where it was, but in the passage, the verb, the verbiage that was used was such that if you read it carefully, it was talking about Jesus. And it was talking about how how wonderful Jesus is. And it, it's just, it's really interesting to see that all things point to the Christ.
1: Yes. And it, and it goes back to this theme of matching, uh, understanding the person's culture and their background. For you, it yeah. was logic and reasoning and and you you saw how it it made sense and and it all points back to Jesus ultimately if I go to a place like in Latin America where you know a huge portion of the population already believes in God maybe I don't need to emphasize so much on my studies on is there a God let's point to people about just New Testament Christianity Mm -hmm. Uh, we just spent um, a couple weeks in in Wales in in the United Kingdom and the stats that are coming out based on their last census for religion is is shocking and by the way America follows your about a couple decades behind hmm. in Western Europe. Uh, right now, only 46% uh, of the country, uh, identifies as even Christian. Wow. And, and the largest and fastest growing demographic right now is having no religious affiliation. In the last 10 years, it's now, it's gone from 25% to 37% have no religious affiliation.
0: So Is that, uh, atheist or just agnostic? Uh, th-
1: this is not any mainline, uh, religion. So this is going to be, it will include all of that. It okay. will include atheistic, uh, agnostic or nothing. It's just that, the the fastest growing group in America right now too is the Nuns group, in not in U N, it's the N O N E. Yeah. America went from the last Gallup poll, ninety one percent of Americans believing in God to seventy four percent. And this yeah. this was just recently posted. I mean, this is crazy. And 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 seeing that same exact drop in Western Europe is shocking to me. So hmm. why am I saying all that? Our culture needs to understand, well, people are struggling with just the existence of God right now. Yeah, And so that's why I be- in a lot of American teaching and preaching and European uh, teaching and preaching, we had a lot of our themes focus on apologetics this summer. We're focusing on there is a creator, there is a God, there is order, there is structure, there yeah. are answers, it's logical. And to me, that's, that's effective and necessary teaching yeah.
2: in yeah. our culture. Yeah. One of the things you mentioned earlier was the importance of the media. Right. Yes. And, and, and different medias and forms of media. When you think of our kids today and you think of our adults today, what, what do we spend most of our time doing? Looking at a screen. Whether it's our phone, whether it's our TV, whether it's an iPad, whether it's a computer, whatever it is, we spend, I think I, I read something or heard something earlier that children in, in high school age, uh, outside of school spend eight to ten hours a day hmm. on their phone, behind a screen. Well, when you, when you rationalize that, that's, you got school for eight hours, eight to 10 is another 16 to 18 and you're sleeping the rest of that time. Right. And so people are spending the majority, vast majority of their time on their phones. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, this isn't everyone, but it is a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Well, how then do we reach those people? Well, we have to have something that when they are on their phone. When they are on their computer, when they are behind a screen, that they see us, yeah. and I think what we have done as a uh, as as the Lord's Church has been such a disservice to that. We have mm-hmm. not, we don't have media available for that. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of it. We have some, and and there are things out there, but it is so overshadowed and wow. so overtaken by by what the devil wants to be out there
0: yeah absolutely well I, the the truth is that everybody all across the world has technology has uh, access to and and spends a lot of time with technology i think i was actually uh, reading a, st- a statistic uh, like a month ago and I, I think i remember it was saying that um america is like in like 8 or 9 or 10 like the bottom of the top 10 in terms of how many people use technology like percentage of the population yeah. um because america's is- got a lot of older people. The baby boomers make up a lot of our country. Yeah. And so not all of them use technology quite as much um, that there's actually, we we think of technology as being such an integral part of our lives here, but there's countries across the world that use technology even more than we do. Yeah, And so it provides this opportunity that to reach people that we may never even have the the slightest opportunity to yeah. reach without technology. Yeah.
2: We can, we can look at technology being used as a negative, but I agree. I think it's an opportunity. Yeah. I think it's a wonderful opportunity that we can take advantage of. I mean, the the number of young people that we have in the Lord's church that are technologically savvy. Oh yeah. And, and we, we don't put them to, we don't put yeah. them to work. We don't, we don't make, we don't say, Hey, you have an ability mm-hmm. to make a, make a short little TikTok video or an Instagram reel or whatever. We'll do it about, God, do it about the Lord or hey, let me be on your reel or let me be on whatever and, yeah. and let me share this message. We have such an opportunity and I think we we are currently failing to utilize it mm-hmm. to the utmost.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you brought all this up. Uh this connects with so many thoughts. Um uh, you, I remember years ago, Dylan did this illustration in a devotional. He's like, "Everyone, pull out your phone," and he walked us through to check our screen time to confirm these stats. It was it was uh, actually humbling, and I was disappointed in myself when I was like, <laughs> "Wow, I'm on my phone a lot." <laughs> yeah. and, and again, it's just the reality of the situation. We are connected. Uh, we are connected physically, but virtually for sure. And so we we're not changing that. The stats that I was, I'm going to share in the lesson this evening is just how te- uh, how technology is amoral. And that's the point. It can be used for good or bad. Yep. We have to use it for good cuz it's definitely being used for plenty of bad in the world. Yep. Right now, uh Facebook Messenger alone 2.9 billion users. Wow. That you, you realize like if you get rid of any minors, that's typically people 13 and up, yep. 2.9 billion. That's why I can literally uh, right now, on, on WhatsApp, which has 2.7 billion users, it's the international texting app. And right now, in the last, uh, let's say the last three days, I've been texting with people from El Salvador, from Wales, from Kenya, uh, from Liberia, just on my phone. It's just for free. It's yeah. amazing. I can sit here in a video and we could just call uh, somebody in, in Pakistan right now. Yeah. I mean, he just left me a voicemail. Uh, <laughs> leave me a voicemail. I mean, it's just amazing yeah. in, in how connected we are. Twitter has, you know, half a billion users. I was thinking about well, I want to talk about connected physically in a moment, but just you are right. We are virtually connected in so many ways. That's why I believe from the optimistic side, we can, if we're wise and we come together, we can use technology to reach people. It doesn't mean we'll convert everybody, but we will give people a chance yeah, yeah. to hear about Jesus planting seeds. Yes. And that's the, here's I had another lunch yesterday with some guys and my problem, it's not a problem, but. Right now, as the Lord's Church, we are autonomous congregations, which is Mm -hmm. the way that God designed it to be. The pros and cons of that is this. One idea is we all do a lot of individually good things, you know, but we don't really have a centralized organization. We don't have like the JW.org website, an LDS website, you know, we don't have a headquarters, which we shouldn't, but a lot of resources flow up and now then they can really promote on a mass scale. We promote on small scales in lots of different ways, uh, which is good, but... (laughs) I <laughs> wish sometimes we could find ways to collaborate. But it doesn't oh, meet absolutely. the masses. It doesn't. Uh, theirs doesn't meet the masses. Or no, our we don't meet the masses because because we're meeting those local Correct. small things. And before. maybe if you combine it, maybe it's like 7,000 people hadn't bowed their knee to de- bail. Maybe those are working in lots of different ways. <laughs> yeah, You're yeah. hitting you know thousands of people in your podcast podcasts in, in different ways. And then somebody else is doing a podcast. Maybe yeah. if we add it all together – but that's one of the things that when I go and visit churches or international schools, the one of the things I do is I have this massive document. I'm going to show a picture of it tonight where I just collect resources from places yeah. because I don't want to reinvent wheels. I yeah. put links to podcasts, links to Spanish materials, French materials, English materials. I have entire schools of preaching on Google Drive. So I can just – Text you one link and now you have thousands of documents at your disposal. Yep. And, and World Video Bible School, Christian Courier, Apologetics Express, all the links ready to go.
0: Yep.
1: It's not perfect, but it's gathering all the good stuff and sharing
0: it. <laughs> yeah. But. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, um, I'm kind of just excited to hear your lesson tonight, quite honestly. <laughs> there's a lot that you've shared with us here, but I can tell that there's a lot more that you have to share with us tonight. Um But before we kind of wrap up this conversation, is there anything else that you really wanted to to share here on the podcast, Spencer?
1: Is there anything you want to share here on the podcast? Um Well, in one sense, I just want to make the point that when you hear an evangelism sermon like we're going to hear tonight and you've been hearing a lot of those this mm-hmm. uh, summer series great theme some people including myself i get all these different kinds of emotions i'll hear it in a lesson on matthew 28 you know 18 through 20 i've heard it different evangelistic lessons and great commission lessons and i leave here with all these different kinds of emotions part of me is guilty because i'm like i'm not doing enough still i'm yeah. still not doing enough yeah. part of me feels like you know <laughs> i i need to repent or part of me feels uh at times, though, energize. If I hear somebody give a presentation on a trip to Honduras or Nicaragua, I'm like, that's awesome. I'm so happy to hear somebody's doing that. God's working there through those people, and I get energized. Yeah. But then I'm like, but then I'm ADD. I'm like, but what about those 2.2 billion Muslims that nobody's – very few people. You know, mm-hmm. They had to had a missionary in Pakistan where I was at in 10 years. Yeah. Wow. I mean, thankfully, they're still there. You don't have to have a missionary because every Christian's a missionary. But I wanted people to realize – In this lesson is that we it's as you go, as you go. We make disciples and that begins. And I'm going to have a picture where I have a picture where I said, it goes in your own family. So I have a picture of my son who was baptized a month ago, starts mm-hmm. in your own family, which is super awesome, which is buddy. awesome. And we share a story. I'm so excited about it. I want to share a story about my brother who was baptized here like a few years mm-hmm. ago, who's recently restored to the church in the nice. last uh, couple months. And I want to share something about that this evening. So it starts with your immediate family, your extended family. I want to show pictures of local efforts that are happening and what we're doing locally. Uh, I want to uh, show pictures of uh, domestic mission trips and of course international. And and then make the point it's all equal yeah, yeah. No, there's no tier here it's yeah. all the same and people need to realize it's all under the banner of souls and yeah. so i want people to leave that you're already in a mission field uh within your sphere of influence where you live where you work where you do things where you play your recreation you it's you're already there yeah now some people I, i'm not saying don't go still like go like sail or fly or go somewhere else yeah. that's important too but you can go next door but that's where it begins and it's all the same to yeah. me and so I want people to leave in an optimistic way. Just let me share a brief stat about yeah, Dallas-Fort for Worth. The D- Dallas-Fort Worth airport is the second most busiest airport in the world. Really? It's a, every single day. It goes to all 50 states, 36 countries, 253 nonstop destinations. Wow. So like I have a picture I'm going to show where just showing from just DFW alone, we are so connected physically, even like physically, hmm. when time and money and, uh, and laborers that we pray for are willing to go, we can go literally yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we do need people to go internationally because there's very few laborers in that sense but it does begin locally in everybody where the churches is in other parts of the world they're locally working too so i mean mm. is it's a good it's the whole point we can do this yeah we can and we must do it yeah we can and we must and Actually. and <laughs> that's
0: the point that i think uh, people are beginning to hear uh over the course of this summer definitely here at keller is every single speaker has said we we must you know yeah. it, it's the not just a here's the opportunities we really need to guys it, it's a we must
2: it, it's non-negotiable it's not a suggestion yeah. it's not just a good thing to do it's yeah. a command yeah. it is an imperative it is mm-hmm. a go yeah. it's not a if you decide you want to then you can go it's no it's Go. Yeah. Yes.
1: And it's a cyclical commission in the sense that we are the result 2000 years later of those same exact words yeah, where yeah. we, we continue that same process. Yeah. And so, um, I'm going to, I want to emphasize the idea that the word great isn't even in Matthew chapter 20. Eight, 18 through 20 there's like a limited commission earlier on in Jesus's life but we call it we add the the adjective great, great but use commission. whatever you want I'm going to use the word massive this evening it's a massive commission it's right. huge whatever term you want to use gargantuan gargantuan it, <laughs> it is every single place and we can and we can't limit any person any place any location and I'm so glad things like this the technology I believe is part of the showing how attainable this is mm-hmm. and how possible this is absolutely so.
0: Absolutely. Well, Spencer, uh, we really enjoy having you on this podcast. Uh, it is always a joy when we get to have a uh, guest on, but also guests that we, uh, are close with and, uh, and are able to, to have more of a comfortable conversation with. So, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate um, it. Glad to be here. It's awesome. Appreciate it. And, uh, and, and for all of our listeners, if y'all can, uh, just listen a few more minutes for how you can help us out and, um, and how you can contact us, we would much appreciate it.
2: Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Bible Conversations. We want to ask if you have any questions, suggestions, or comments that you please email us at Conversations at gmail.com You can also find us on social media. We've got a Facebook
0: page as well as an Instagram account. Our Facebook page is very simple. It's just Bible Conversations. On Instagram, it's very simple. At Bible Conversations. Uh, look us up, like our posts, and share it with your
2: friends. We also have a... An opportunity for you to help us financially through a through a store uh, via Kim's Closet. And you can find that. Uh, you can just type into Google Kim's Closet. We have a uh, we have a link as well that, that we will be uh, posting in in each of our episodes, and we just hope that you will uh, that you will reach out and find us and uh, purchase a hoodie or a shirt uh, with the logo on it, and that way you can spread the word without having to say a word. So we appreciate you. Thank you all. Have a blessed week.